May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. All of God's children said, Amen. In Galveston, Texas, at a hospital, a Filipino nurse named Rosalie was working the night shift. One of her patients was a 92-year-old engineer with a broken arm. Another was an 82-year-old man with renal disease. And the third patient was only 52, but diabetes had caused him to lose his left foot. Uh, and that gentleman, that 52-year-old dia diabetic, was also a Baptist preacher, along with running a car detailing business. But then his disease began to rule his life. He took only a portion of his insulin when he was outside of the hospital, telling Rosalie that he knew his body best. She said, I'll be sure to let the doctor know. He softened a bit as he had his stay and told her that he would try to be a model patient. He said, your job, your job is hard enough. You don't need someone acting the fool. Things got a little bit busy with taking care of the engineer, instruction for the man with renal disease, and a shot for the diabetic. And on top of that, a new patient arrived, a Hispanic man who spoke limited English. And since Rosalie had once thought of becoming a nun, she made a connection with him over the fact that they were both Catholic. Later in the shift, Rosalie and the diabetic preacher talked about the book of Job. He said, because of his faith, God rewarded him double. And Rosalie agreed, God is just. The diabetic then said, whatever is will, I accept it. All through the night, Rosalie worked hard caring for her patients, and then she left from her shift, went out into the sun-scrubbed morning with a satisfied yawn of a job well done. In a book about Rosalie, journalist Jason DeParl writes about how Celtic pilgrims talk of thin places. Those Celtic pilgrims share that idea of thin places, and that's where the distance between heaven and earth narrows. And the presence of God is more readily felt and seen. Rosalie, the almost nun, worked in one of those thin places. Jason DeParle's book is called A Good Provider is One Who Leaves, One Family in Migration in the 21st Century. In it, he follows Rosalie and her family over the course of 30 years. Members of the family migrate around the world in search of work and then send money back to their relatives in the Philippines. DeParle says the money that migrants send back to their families is three times the world's foreign aid budgets combined. Migration, he says, is the world's largest self-help program, the world's largest anti-poverty program. And he continues by saying it's hugely important to the people who are relying on the money they get for education, for health care, for food, for shelter. Because of this, a common Filipino expression became the title of the book, A Good Provider is One Who Leaves. That's a little surprising. Surprising because normally we think of good providers as, as people who stick around. But in a world of global migration, a good provider is one who leaves. The very same is true of disciples. 
At the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee, and there he sees Simon and his brother Andrew casting nets, and Jesus says to the two of them, follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. And what did they do? Mark says immediately, immediately, they left their nets and followed him. They left their nets and their families as well. Although the Bible doesn't say anything about wives for these men, Mark tells us that Simon had a mother-in-law, so I think it's fair to say he had a wife. Then Jesus saw James and John, the sons of Zebedee, also fishermen, sitting in their boat, mending their nets. And immediately Jesus called them, and immediately they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. A good disciple is one who leaves. The original followers of Jesus created problems when they took off. After all, fishing was a family business, and Zebedee could not have been happy to be left mending his nets without his sons. Simon had a house in Capernaum, which he shared with family members that included Andrew and Simon's mother-in-law at the very least. With Simon and Andrew on the road with Jesus, who was paying the bills? The 12 disciples may have sent money home, as the Filipino nurses do from around the world, but there's no evidence in the Bible that they did. In fact, Luke tells us in chapter 8 that a group of women provided for Jesus and the disciples out of their resources. The disciples simply left. Jesus saying, follow me, is not a part-time commitment. It requires a complete transformation of your existence and the potential cancellation of previous responsibilities. In light of Mark's portrayal of the disciples throughout his gospel, this immediate response from these gentlemen is truly miraculous. Because as the story continues, the disciples become increasingly stubborn, right? They don't listen well. They require repeated instruction. They struggle to follow Jesus, and ultimately they desert him. But here at the beginning, they hear him and they follow the mission of proclaiming the good news in Galilee has gotten off to a good start in Mark. So what does it mean to be a good disciple today? We may not be challenged to, to quit fishing and follow Jesus or, or quit our jobs, but we still are supposed to leave. This means abandoning what we know and walking with Jesus in a brand new direction. A good disciple is one who leaves the, the workplace to serve. Many people spend a great deal of time on the job, laboring in ways that provide income for themselves and their families. And that effort is beneficial. But one needs to watch out that the job does not take over their life. The question that we need to ask is, how is your work-life balance? One career guru says, the pace of our lives today and the fact that modern technology means we're always contactable can make it very difficult to switch off from work. If work takes up all of our time and our energy, we're going to resent it instead of enjoying it. Jesus calls us to switch off, 
to leave the workplace and go and serve. This might mean tutoring a a child, teaching English as a second language, swinging a, a hammer, using a saw for Habitat for Humanity. Putting a few hours in a week into to serving others will give you a sense of satisfaction that you cannot find at work. Service brings us closer to Jesus, who said that he came not to be served, but to serve. A good disciple is also one who leaves the comfortable for the uncomfortable. At Fairfax Presbyterian Church in Virginia, a group of men and women leave the United States and traveled to Honduras for a week-long mission trip. Although the plane flight from Washington, D.C. to San Pedro Sula is no longer than a flight to Los Angeles, the group members feel as though they are traveling to another world. In Honduras, the roads are covered with potholes and cooking fires fill the air with smoke. Extreme poverty is everywhere with squatters living in shanties by the side of the road. When members of the church group serve in medical clinics, they find that care is delivered with a great deal of love, but is outdated by a generation. When members do construction at a youth camp, they discover that good tools and supplies are very hard to find. There's no Lowe's or Home Depot right around the corner. And yet leaving the United States for Honduras is worth the discomfort, they say. Because the joy of the Honduran people is infectious. And their faith in the face of daily hardships is inspiring. Strong bonds have developed over nearly 20 years of visits. Linking Americans and Hondurans in deep and loving friendships. For some members of Fairfax Presbyterian, an uncomfortable week in Honduras is the best week of the year. And lastly, a good disciple is one who leaves the familiar for the unfamiliar. In our country today, people are seeking out like-minded friends and neighbors. And the result can be terrible polarization. One magazine says Americans are increasingly segregating themselves by political party and ideology, even in their residential communities. The article continues, this segregation makes us more likely to demonize each other as more and more people live alongside people who hold similar beliefs to them. A good disciple is one who leaves the familiar and seeks connections with people who do not share their race, religion, politics, or ideology. Such a person understands that Jesus did not begin his ministry by talking only with like-minded Galileans. Instead, he and his disciples immediately faced a man with an unclean spirit. Then Jesus cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And instead of staying at home, Jesus said, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Jesus and his disciples did not remain in familiar places with like-minded people. Instead, they moved into to new areas and did the work of, of helping and healing and teaching and preaching. And yes, they did have difficult confrontations, which is often to be expected when lines are crossed. But disagreements are natural and healthy, while polarization is not. 
That magazine report said that polarization has a long list of negative effects. Our families are undermined. We're less likely to help each other. We're more stressed out. Violence is more likely. And it's becoming harder and harder for us to solve problems. Disciples are going to have to make sacrifices and face hardships like migrants who travel the world in search of work. But a willingness to leave the workplace, to leave the comfortable, to leave the familiar, can have a powerful and positive impact, not on just the people reached, but on the disciple. When we reach out to others, we discover that the words of Jesus are true. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Just ask Rosalie. On the wall of her Texas home, she has a crucifix that proclaims the Redeemer and King of Kings. She has a nurse's prayer in the hallway that leads to her front door. A prayer for a compassionate heart, and she passes it and prays it every day as she goes out for her shift. A good disciple is one who leaves. So what are you willing to leave behind in your life to follow Christ? How are you looking and what are you looking to leave behind that's comfortable to go into an area that's uncomfortable as you follow Jesus? What are you willing to leave behind that's familiar to go into unfamiliar territory to follow Jesus and proclaim the good news? It's about love. It's about God loving us and us loving others as we love ourselves. It's about love. What are you willing to leave behind to share God's love through Christ with other people? Amen.